I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Michael Laitler, leadership coach, certified trainer, and keynote speaker. And before I came here, I was extremely excited. And then I heard Rick talk, and I was wondering, how can I match his energy? <laughs> he kind of put me at a disadvantage. I was like, gosh, how am I going to keep, keep this energy rolling? And then the computer went down. It's life, though. <laughs> that, that is. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. As I was preparing this material and I talked to Dr. Holloway, I, I knew that talking about leadership, communication, is things that a lot of times we fail to do. And when Dr. Holloway afforded me the opportunity to come speak today, I gave two guarantees. One, you guys will be able to take one of these leadership concepts back home or to your workplace today. And I know since I've started working on my leadership skills, a transformation has been made in me. And I just want to pass along some of the leadership theories and concepts that I've learned. The second guarantee that I gave was, if you like what you see in here, at the end of the presentation, there'll be a few PowerPoint slides that talks about some of the opportunities, some of the trainings that I can offer you guys. Once again, my name is Michael Laitler, leadership coach, certified trainer, and keynote speaker. Leadership. Oof. When I first heard that word, I thought it was a joke. Sometimes it's a bad word to certain people. It's because they don't understand it. But it involves so many things. It involves organizations. It involves people. It involves titles. It involves money. And the most important thing is that it involves you. We all have a role in leadership. And taking a concentrated effort on developing that is how you move mountains, how you take your company, yourself, organizations to the next level. I've seen, on one hand, how you put an individual in a leadership role and they have no clue what they're doing. I've also seen, on another hand, where you put another person in a leadership role and they have an idea of what they're doing. And what do you guys think we see? We see a great difference. We see a great difference in that organization, the church, your family, just because that person has focused on their leadership. Now, before we go any further, I just want to ask a quick question and make sure you guys are awake. If you're awake, raise your hand. All right, good. I, I got my CPR certification last year, but I wasn't looking forward to any mouth-to-mouth resuscitations this morning. The program we're going to talk about today is Leadership Gold, which is written by John Maxwell. Has anybody heard of John Maxwell before? A few of you? John Maxwell is the number one leadership guru in the world. He's written over 100 books over 50 years and he's known as an internationally acclaimed author and trainer. And what is leadership gold? He's taken that 50 years of experiences and put it down into 26 golden nuggets, 26 leadership concepts for us to talk about. Now, I know my time is limited, so don't worry, guys. We're not going to sit here and go over 26 chapters in one sitting. I'm just going to pull out a few of the chapters, a few of the concepts that really have touched me and been beneficial to my life and my career. Why is leadership so important? I mean, really, why do we think it's so important? Is it beneficial? Is it something useful we can use? In one of John's shortest speeches, as he was preparing to go up there, you know, at the last minute he said, you know what? I'm going to throw everything off the table, and I'm just going to go with my intuition. So John's sitting here waiting, as he usually does in his chair, if anybody's ever seen him, sitting here waiting his turn. He's introduced, he comes up to the stage, 
<clears throat> clears his throat. Everything rises and falls in leadership. Everything. Then he goes back and sits down. Everybody starts cheering. They're clapping, saying, great job, John. Because those few words are essential to leadership development. Now, this presentation won't be that short, but it's beneficial to think about quality over quantity. Everything rises and falls in leadership. You're probably thinking, everything, Michael? Everything. Everything rises and falls in leadership, guys. Think about it. We've talked about leadership all this morning, before I even got up here. That's how important it is, no matter if we're talking about church, functions, your business, your personal life, your family, whoever it is, it is that important. When John talks about leadership rising and falling, think about what that means to you. Think about how that's affected your life. Have you taken that effort to develop yourself? Have you taken that, that push to actually see where, that, where you sit on that level of development? And as we go deeper into this, we wonder, how do we figure out what rises and falls in leadership? You may be sitting there thinking, okay, Michael, all right, we understand you're saying leadership's a thing, but what thing is it? I mean, it's real simple, real applicable, and I already put it on the screen. Leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. And I'm going to tell a story. I really didn't want to say it, but it kind of it made me chuckle when I was thinking about it. My four-year-old son, Michael, Michael Jr., splitting image, a lot of people think it's my mini-me, he said, Daddy, I want to go to the mall. I was like, okay, cool. Then I walked out, looked in his room, and if you guys ever seen a four-year-old's room mid-afternoon, you guys know what I'm talking about. And I said, son, before we go anywhere, anywhere, you need to clean your room up. And what does he do? His grandmother's at the house. He looks at her and says, I'm not ready to clean up. So me, leadership coach and trainer, I'm like, really? Can I get some influence? His grandmother says, listen to your daddy. Go clean your room so you can leave. And what does he think he does? He cleans his room. Leadership to lead, you have to have influence to lead. That is a vital part. Now, you, you may say, okay, Michael, now you told me that we have to influence people, we have to lead people, we have to develop them. One of John's quotes that he uses a lot when he talks about influence is this one right here. He who thinks he leads but has no followers is only taking a walk. Has anybody ever been in here, led a church ministry, led your family, first-line supervisor in an organization, and you turned around and saw no one behind you? It's a, it's a crazy feeling. It doesn't feel good. And that's all because we lacked the influence to lead those people. All right, so now I give you guys a few more concepts now. How do we get this influence? It's actually another simple concept, guys. You gain influence by showing people how much you value them. You gain influence by valuing people. There's a story in here in Leadership Gold where it talks about a married couple. And John, he's wondering why this married couple, they've had a long-lasting marriage. And they, 
he asked the man, hey, how have, you, how have you had this long marriage for so long? How have you been so successful? And he says, oh, it's quite simple. Reaches to his pocket, pulls out a watch. He says, oh, it's the watch that my wife's or my father-in-law gave me. He shows the watch, and the watch simply says, say something nice to Mary Lou. Hmm. That's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? So every time he takes his watch out, what does he do? He says something nice to his wife. He builds her up. He shows her how much he values her. And is it an authenticity, being genuine? Is that an issue? Is that an issue that we have? Not really. But what keeps us from valuing people? We get too busy. We look at the tasks more than we look at the people. And a lot of times, we lose that connection that we're supposed to have with people just because we got too busy doing payroll. We got too busy writing a paper for school. We got too busy preparing for something else that wasn't a relationship builder. And a lot of times, people aren't going to listen to what you say until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How many people, and just think about it silently, of course, have ever been given advice or they've watched somebody that's very successful. Maybe the person's very knowledgeable in the area, but they just don't care. And what do, you, what, what do we do when we realize people don't care? We don't hear them. We don't see them. We don't care what they have to say. And that's because we know they don't care. And as we build ourselves to that level of caring, and this is the key of what I'm talking about this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon. How much potential are you using right now? How much of your potential are you using right now to get to those levels of influence, valuing people? If you have a piece of paper in front of you, pen, pencil, if you have your phone, how much potential are you using? Think about this without overthinking about this. Whatever number out of 100 comes to your mind, write it down. And this number is going to be very important, not because we're not going to let you out unless you have the number, but it's a number to gauge yourself. And you're going to realize we're going to keep talking about this question throughout this presentation because it's that important on leadership development. <laughs> past, this past summer... I went to a training in Orlando, a semi-annual training that John Maxwell has for his coach, trainers, and speakers, and we had a breakout session, roundtable similar to this with no more than 10 people in it, and it was called a mastermind group. Some people call it roundtables, some people call it brainstorming if you're prior military, but with the John Maxwell team, we call it mastermind groups. And across this table, there's a gentleman that sat across from me, and he said to me, cherish this moment and keep learning. Don't ever take learning for granted. And he added at the end of that, he just turned 73 that day. And that was his first time ever going to a John Maxwell training. Wow. 73, guys. And he's still pushing himself. Think about John. He's over 70 himself. And he's still going to Paraguay, Costa Rica, Guatemala, all these places for outreach. He's still writing books. Just think if we can apply this theory of you got to keep learning to keep leading. 
to leadership? How much more can we push ourselves to the next level? And sometimes organizations, us as individuals, sometimes we forget that leadership is its own skill set. We think that if a person has good technical skills, that's all they need. A lot of times, a lot of the focus is like, is based just towards that. And it's because technical skills are easier to measure. I mean, it's easier to have a major because analytics, if you're a football person, a sports guy, it's a lot easier for people to look at it that way. All right, so when we're thinking about influence and leading teams, we're going to take a quick look at the, these charts right here. All right, so you have a team leader. You see all these little smiley faces. Everybody's happy. Team members, everybody's happy. The team leader is motivational. She's inspirational. She pushes her team to the next level. Everything's great. And what happens when you have a great leader? What happens to them? They go to another company. They go to another organization. They leave. I mean, what have, more pay, more benefits. It's not that they, I mean, they do want to leave if they're getting paid, but I mean, think about it. That's why they leave. So now the leader's gone. The CEO comes in and says, okay, we're going to promote somebody. And who do they tend to promote? The person with the best skills. Not best leadership skills, the best technical skills. And unfortunately, how does that usually ha happen for the team? They're shocked. They're surprised. They don't know who's going to get this promotion. And now your best accountant, best technician, best person with the skills is the leader of that team. And how terrible can that be? That person is stuck to that side of the job. They're stuck to the technical side. So now you have a person that's in a leadership role that's doing his or her job, but with more money and an office with the window. And what ends up happening? That person sits in their office all day. They're not leading their group. They're not motivating their people to do anything. Rather, they're sitting there just doing whatever they have to do to get by. And how does the team start feeling? They become upset, disgruntled. And when you have disgruntled employees, disgruntled team members, what really does happen? Your tens, they're gone. Your nines, out the door. Your eights, adios. And who are you left with now? The people that can't leave or the people that won't leave. And now you have a disgruntled team leader because all his top players have gone. You're losing productivity. You're losing experience. You're losing skills. And that boils down to the fact that they promoted someone with technical skills. And then what happens after that? The boss comes in, the big CEO, the big hat of the company. He's angry. All right, it's time for you to go, team leader. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not the leader I thought you were going to be. So that promotion is taken away. He's back in the ranks. CEO's still mad, saying, I'm going to make this miracle happen. He brings in two more team members, more than likely overpaid because they needed somebody to fill those roles. Then he brings in a new team leader, more than likely with an overflate in salary because he had to have some safe hands in there to come take over. And after all of this, guess what happens to your best employee? 
Bad attitude. Bad attitude. What leadership goal does is that it takes a lot of these leadership concepts, a lot of these errors, a lot of these areas of improvement that John went through and puts it in one book for us. Remember, 26 chapters, 26 golden nuggets. It goes a far way. And once again, we can't go through every chapter. I know I'm looking at my time. I'm trying to stay within that time. So I'm just going to touch on a few chapters from the book. The first chapter, very similar to what we talked about. People quit people, not companies. People quit people, not companies. How many times have you guys heard, the company's terrible, the company doesn't treat me right, the company doesn't train me. But what is it that those employees are really saying? What is it that's really upsetting them? We'll look at this organizational chart. At the bottom, you have team members, and then followed by first-line supervisors, and then the CEO. Person's angry. They're not getting what they deserve. They're not content with their performance, or excuse me, the performance of their leader. They're angry at this guy. Man, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then what happens? That's the leader that they see all day long. That's the only person they see in the organization because that's how it's structured. So now the problem magnifies. It gets bigger than it was before. You got the company, you have the team member, and you have the leader. All that's being blocked. And it's blinded. And it's all because the person that's at the bottom can only see the person right above them. They don't see the whole company. Remember, people quit people, not companies. It's not the necessarily, the, I mean, the company's not really treating them bad, so to speak. It's someone in the company. And when we don't develop those leadership skills, those communication skills, this is what happens. We lose out on people like that. And I don't know if you guys have been told lately, and, but you guys are special. I mean, just think of where you could be at today in Pineville, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, excuse me, Alexandria. I mean, when's the last time you guys heard that? I mean, what, I mean, you really guys are special. And when you guys hear that, think about the feeling you have. As leaders, when's the last time we told one of our employees that they were special? I mean, think about it. You could be that person that's someone that believes in them. You could be that person that believes in more, them more than they can. I mean, just think about how big of a difference we can make. Line managers, leaders, whoever you are, you have to be able to go and reach your people in order to make them know that they're better, they're valued. And let me take this off. I might get a little warm with the next thing I say. When you have these people that you want to talk to, tell them, you're special. You are great at what you do. I see more in you than you see in yourself. You have such great gifts. You are such a benefit to this company. I know you're going to grow and grow and continue to grow bigger than your own dreams. That can be us, guys. That can be us as leaders. I mean, how would you guys feel just hearing that? Think of if you have someone under you, whether it's a, your family, a team that you're leading, a church ministry. Just think if you're that person and you say that to them, what kind of difference you can make in their lives? 
When was the last time someone told you that you were special? Outside of what I just said two minutes ago. When was the last time you told someone that they were special? How did you feel about it? How do you think they felt about it? And that's how important valuing people are when it comes to influencing people, leading them, and becoming a better leader. Remember, it's all part of the system to become better. The next chapter we're going to talk about is never work a day in your life. (laughs) Most of this chapter is about passion. One of the first quotes that John talks about in this chapter is by Thomas Edison. I never did a day's work in my life. It was all fun. Everything he said he did was fun. Now, does that mean he didn't work hard? No. I mean, look at Thomas Edison's accomplishments. We know he worked hard, but he was passionate. He was driven. He was excited to go to work every day, and that's what made him so successful. And what kept him going was this quote by John Maxwell. Following your passion, following your passion is the key to your potential. What is your passion? What do you wake up to think about doing every day? Is it succeeding? Is it to be significant? I mean, what is it, guys? I mean, think about this. Following your passion is the key to finding your potential. Another quote when it talks about passion and potential, is by Howard Hendricks. Don't put live eggs under dead chickens. Remember, guys, we have responsibilities to our team members, whether we're first-line supervisors, middle management, CEOs. We have to find ways to make them better. You guys have team members right now out there. You guys have family members. You guys have people in your ministry that are excited. They're fired up. They have a passion in their belly to do more, but they're under a dead leader. They're under a dead chicken. That leader is tired, lazy, and just dead. And what does that do to those people? That person, that young whippersnapper that comes up, what does that do to him or her? It takes all the fire out of them. It, all, that, all, the, all the excitement you had when you hired them is now gone because they were under a dead chicken. Leadership is so important when it comes to this, managing your people, leading them, finding the right people to put above them. There's a leader that Jack Welch describes The world belongs to passionate, driven leaders, people who not only have enormous amounts of energy, but who can energize those they lead. I'll say it again, just in case you guys missed it. The world belongs to passionate, passionate, driven, driven leaders. Without those kind of leaders in your organizations, you're you're fighting an uphill battle. There's already enough situations and people that are, are slowing you down. Don't let it be your leaders. You get some of these leaders, and they're able to energize their people. They're able to take whatever that person has and bring it up. Think about what you can do. We already talked about valuing people. Now we got to find these passionate, driven leaders. 
Another quote that talks about progression and getting better, and I had to put this in my presentation because I have to talk about this man every chance I get, is by Dr. King. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving. You have to keep moving. What do you guys picture in your head when you think about this? Is he saying something that's out of the ordinary? How many people you know that will say, you know what, I can't fly, so I'm not going to do this. I, I can't accomplish my goals. I can't get to that level. And what do they end up doing? Absolutely nothing. They lose those opportunities. Those, they, they lose a lot because they devalue themselves. So let me repeat it again, and I'm just going to add one part to that sentence. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But for whatever you do, for goodness sake, do something. Be more than what you were before you came into this room today. Do something that's more significant. Just because you can't do absolutely anything doesn't mean you can't do significantly more than what you're doing. I mean, as I look around this room and I think about the flying and the moving fast, I don't see anybody with wings in here. So what does that mean? There's always room for hope. There's always some room for accomplishment. Just because we're not being more than, than what we think we can be doesn't mean we, can, we can't keep moving. And a lot of times we trip over our own feet because we're giving ourselves excuses rather than just jumping out and doing a little bit more. And all of this comes from releasing your potential by following your passion. Once you get to that, that level of, you know what, I'm at, this, I'm at the top of what I think I can do, get there, stay there. Keep pushing your strength zones. Keep maximizing your skills. Don't let yourself fall short. If, you're, if you become a great goal setter, keep setting more goals. Don't stop. If you become great at doing some other, if you become a great photographer, figure out how to become a better photographer. Whatever you can do, stay in that zone. Keep yourself in that winning mindset because that's going to go far when you're trying to help other people out. That's going to go far when it comes to leadership development. So back to the, the favorite question of the day. How much of your potential are you using right now? I mean, seriously, how much potential are you using right now? Let's look at this next chart. At the blue, or the blue part of the screen is the potential you're using right now. It is a direct reflection of your productivity. Can you do more if you're, if you're not trying harder? I mean, it's hard to become better when you're not fulfilling your potential. Look at all that white that you're giving up because you're not maximizing how great you are. And think about what you're doing to those organizations that you're in. Think about what you're doing to yourself. The only person that hurts that when you're not fulfilling your needs or fulfilling your potential is you. That's the main person, because the organizations come with it. The families come with it. The churches come with it. But you have to fulfill yourself. You have to invest in yourself. You have to figure out what personal growth plans you have to have to increase your potential, to give whatever external, ex external entity productivity. You have to. There's no way without it. No matter what job you're in right now, no matter what position, do all you can do in it. 
I always ask questions, especially as a coach, what is your six-month plan? And sometimes when I hear that from people, a lot of times they don't know. So a lot of times it's kind of a trick question. But a lot of times they're thinking about everything but their current position. And then what do you start doing when you're not thinking about where you're currently at? Once again, you're coming to work late. You're not producing like you used to when you first got there. You don't have that same fire. So it's hard for somebody to say, you know what, you're doing everything you can. And now let's take this from the leadership side of it. Are we boosting our team members up? Are we giving them motivating words? Are we valuing them? I was talking to a gentleman last week, and he was telling me how he has great benefits, a great organization, everything. The company's great. You know what the problem was? His supervisor. His supervisor didn't value him. He didn't say, good job. And what did he tell me what, what ended up happening? He said he wanted to go to another company so he can gain confidence. So he can gain confidence. Wow. And it's all because he, that leader didn't realize people were capable of much more. We're getting close on time. I'm going to ask this question again. How much potential are you using right now? Whatever number you thought of, whatever number you wrote down, I want to know. You don't tell me out loud. That, that's, that's not required. But what, percent, what percentage are you using right now? Think about it. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. You're not going to get fired because there's always room for more growth. That's the important side. So how much potential, how much potential are you using right now? Like I told you guys, I was going to give you two guarantees. I'm hoping that I accomplished the first one of you could take some concept back to your home or your workplace today, whether we're talking about valuing people, influence, gaining your potential. I'm hoping one of those things you could take back to someone. If not, just take it back to yourself. The other thing I was going to talk to you guys about are about future opportunities with me. Like I said in kind of my description, I'm a leadership coach, certified trainer, and keynote speaker. Well, what does that really mean? I do one-on-one -on -one coaching where we work on developing you. I do mastermind groups, which are the same thing as leadership trainings. I do them virtually and in person. If I, when, whenever I do them, they're no more than 10 people. They usually range from an hour to an hour and a half. And I've discovered, and especially the John Maxwell team has discovered, when you have more than that many people in a room, it becomes chaotic. So it's a very intimate setting with those group trainings. And like I said, in person or virtual. Virtual is based for people that have very busy jobs and can't be at any one location. I do speaking engagements where I talk about leadership. I do workshops as well as leadership assessments. Now, there's two dates on my calendar that's coming up. The first one is on Thursday, February 22nd, 2018 at the Alexandria, yes, Alexandria Convention Center, excuse me, Convention Hall. If you guys have never heard some of these speakers, John Maxwell, well, he wrote that book. Dave Ramsey, financial guru. Cheryl Botchotter, former CEO of Popeyes and Warwick Dunn, former NFL star as well as part owner of the Atlanta Falcons. I'm hosting a four-hour, half-day workshop at that location. It's a simulcast video, but it brings all that to our city. People pay hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars to attend this training. 
And actually, the training is in Duluth. I don't know if you've heard of it, Rick, before. Yeah. So I'm telling you, that, that city gets pretty busy that time of the year when it's, when it's played. But people come there and just think, we're gonna, I'm, I'm bringing all this to Alexandria for $15. I mean, $15 for a half-day workshop with these individuals. Now, they're not live. Don't, don't, don't think that. I mean, I, I can't afford to bring them here live, guys. I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, each, they're, they're, their tickets are a little bit higher than what I can afford. But they have given me, as a John, John Maxwell team member, the rights to air their content here in this city on February 22nd. I mean, can anybody even go to a movie theater and get two adult tickets for that much right now? There you have a half-day workshop. The other thing I have coming up, I'm launching an e-course called the Premier Communications Formula. It'll be authored and created by me, and it's, it's a program designed to work on your leadership and communication skills. It is a 26-week course, yes, 26 weeks, of where we dive into those two areas. I'm gonna create a network of accountability, interaction, people that can come and figure out, you know what, how can we develop ourselves? How can we become better? I'm gonna have guest speakers who are authors, directors of organizations, People are pastors of churches, and they're going to give their versions of some of the topics that we talk about. And I know what that price says, and that will be the price it will cost on the day of the launch. But given the fact that Dr. Holloway has created this great environment for us, and we're still in the pre-launch phases, it's only $9.97. If anybody's interested in that or the Live to Lead, I have, I have information right there, and you can get interest in it just if you want to see more information about it. Before I get off the stage, guys, remember, you guys have opportunities as leaders to bring material to your people. That's one of our responsibilities as leaders is to develop our team, our staff, our families, our church ministries that we lead. That's our responsibility. We're here at this business luncheon because we're leaders. We've taken a step that a lot of people don't want to. You guys don't think Dr. Holloway's posted this all the time, but people find excuses not to come work on their development. So I do appreciate you guys coming here for that. I mean, you guys are doing great just by being here and investing yourself. Also, I just want to thank Dr. Holloway and his team. I mean, look at the great room that we have, the great food, the fact that he was able to bring us together in one room. I think that's appreciative in itself. That's all I have, guys. Um, thank you. I don't do we, is it question? I mean, I know we're running. Sorry, I kind of. Okay.